This is a rough one. <laughs> this was this was a defining <laughs> event for me. I wanted to tear my hair out at this show. <laughs> yeah, this was rough. This was rough. This was rough. All right. Well, but you know what? <laughs> We're going to get through this together, you and I. Yeah. We're going to get through this together because this is Inspire AD. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Max, and this is Biss. And thank y'all so much for joining us. And I hope you enjoyed this, even though it was tough for us to maneuver yeah. this patch. Yeah, this, this is a tragedy, folks. This yeah. one here. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, well, what was a show that was really fucked up for you that you were disappointed in? And really, you know what? There aren't really any bad shows that we did, but there are certainly moments that didn't work out like I wanted them to. This is glaring. There were some decisions here that were made outside of my jurisdiction, I guess. Um, this was a defining event for me because I learned that I couldn't let the children decide how things were going to go. I had to be the dad. There were a lot of moments in this show that should have gone very, very differently, and I think this is going to be a little fun to dissect this this event um, and talk about what I would have done differently had I been in control. But I think at this point in time... Boy. There are going to be a lot of pauses here. Yeah. You know what that is in between those pauses? That's rage. I'm trying to control <laughs> let, myself. Let it flow. Let okay, it flow. Yeah, it makes yeah. good radio. All right. Okay, whatever, Emperor Palpatine. Um, <laughs> let the hate flow through you. Okay. So, yeah, this was, this was an interesting event, and I think, like, what's most frustrating about it is that there were so many good components and parts to this, but they weren't delivered in the right order. I think that's yeah. mainly the problem, and I think that there is one glaring thing that really sucked about this show, um, but we'll get to that when we get there. So this this is another love letter to cinema. Uh, the title, Fade to Black, refers to the Dennis Christopher star, star film uh, of the same name from 1980, we basically used the uh, the logo. Um, I was a huge fan of this title. I wanted this to kind of be a weird outro leading into like a new term yeah. or a new season. Yep. Fade to Black was supposed to be, this is the end of the season and we're entering the next season after this. Like yeah. it, There was supposed to be some something of a break too between this and the next show to kind of go, to kind of punctuate it, you know? Yeah, and... So w w there were legit talks of, hey, are, are we done? Yeah. Right. So that's where it began. And then it became and then it, you know, that it dips, the dips and flows. Right. Yeah. So it dips and then it starts coming up. And we really we came up with the name as like a we're done. This is going to be our sayonara. Yeah. And then we started to come back and get, ah, we can do this. And 
there was this thing called yeah there was this thing called battle wars that we had a chance to do another one and man that was such a fun time so all of a sudden now this is the carrot at the end again um there were a lot of carrots yeah so it and uh, you know fun 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 fest is a possibility again right so that that becomes you know we're we're through the dog days and this is almost uh cyclical right yeah we're through the dog days and man we're fucking it's we're struggling we're hurting we're eating peanut butter and jelly fucking sandwiches right but we're looking and man there's a lot of fun that can be had if we just plug through this and and I think that's where it started to become. Well, what if this is the end of the season? I, that, that was your idea, I believe, right? What if Fade to Black's the end of the season, and then the next season starts, and we we kind of we get kind of more into the writing and the you know your TV style. You know, you have a season premiere and a season end and all that Finale, stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, this 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 show happens uh, a little bit after. I don't know. My 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 sobriety, my period of sobriety. Fox is is definitely here. Little baby Fox. I think this was Baby Fox's first uh, wrestling show. As well, yeah. Um, and we had some like big things that we were really uh, that, that were really upon us too creatively, as we said way at the beginning of the start of this podcast. Um, one of the guys that we really wanted to. Uh, service through this company was Ricky Starks. We really loved Ricky. We really saw tremendous upside in him. We thought he had huge star potential, and obviously he did, because look where he is right now. But this was going to be a crowning moment for him. We had built up to Ricky Starks versus Andy Dalton. This was going to be a big fucking night. Um, and the ball got fucking dropped. Uh really bad here this was what uh, I had been looking forward to for years at this point yeah. and it just... ba- basically the the moment that we had in mind from the start of the company yeah if we're gonna be honest yeah um but not all of it was was doom and gloom there were some positives yeah which brings us into the first matchup right yeah. So the first matchup, we see the debut of the submission squad, which was a lot of fun for me. I think you as well, right? Yeah. I was super happy to have Evan and Pierre there. Um, two incredibly creative people who have the ability to, to really put on compelling matches. But not only that, they're just funny people. Yes. They are two of the most amazing human beings. Pierre, too, is just this a genuine locker room leader. Um his presence is the tamer of chaos. If I could have Pierre at every show controlling uh, certain elements, I would. Yeah. I think I, I don't even know how that guy isn't an agent on a major platform yet. I would say the uh, you know Gabe Sapolsky has retired from independent wrestling, and a lot of people are asking like, who's the next Gabe? You know, um, as far as controlling a, a locker room and controlling a developmental area. To me, Pierre should be on that short list of independent guys that have that ability. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we had we had submission squad de- debut here. Um, I know a lot of people were very happy to see them carry over from ACW. I yeah. think at that point in time they were kind of done with Darren. I think I think so. I think the money had dried up. Yeah. So I don't think that they were being paid what was agreed. No, well, you know, I don't want to get into their business. With well, that, I but, mean, it's, you know, a, it's a drive. It's I just know, I just know that them being a part of our product was a was a flavor that a lot of people were 
we're happy to partake of again. Yeah. I mean, so and they were a surprise here. Yeah, they were. So uh, Shadow and Riot and have a an open challenge, and it's you know familiar music. Some people picked up right away, and then when they come through the curtain, there's a big pop. Yeah. So really fun match. Yep, fun match, uh, and of course, Squad are up on their debut. So up next, we have a, a four-way match, and this is really exciting in the history of Inspire Pro. Uh, this is the debut of Terrell Tempo. Yeah. Right? Who we're basically taking a chance on at this point. Yeah. We don't have long-term plans yet. We have ideas, but... But he was fired with the crowd. The yeah. He stepped out. This like, is, we, we just felt like, wow, okay, this is this is immediately... We know that this guy is, is you know... It's going to go somewhere. We need to keep bringing him back. Oh, from from the second he hits the curtain, right? Yeah. It's this instant connection with the crowd. Yeah. So not only that, we have Cherry Ramones um, and the match who has tons of history with the company. And we have Connor Everett, who was sort of sort of new from the St. Louis scene at this point here, right? Yeah. Um, he's developed into like one of my favorite wrestling characters. I don't know if you keep up with the I've seen his Twitter and that. I don't know if he's any good because I haven't seen any of his matches. He's, he's I have to good. assume he is, he's right? Because yeah. he was fairly good as a rookie here. Yeah. But like the character stuff he's doing up in St. Louis oh. makes me laugh every time also I see it. Also, just a sweetheart. Like I really, he was, he's yeah, a really sweet guy. He, he was like, how, how do you describe it? <clears throat> he's like that kid that like very um, meek. Yeah, like whenever you have a birthday party, he's always like the sweetheart kid, you know, mm-hmm. like that wants to make sure everyone's having a good time. Yeah, maybe that's completely shitting on his uh, his gimmick now, but um, enjoyable to have around. Um, I I wish that we could see him more he often. He was impressed. Yeah, he was impressive here. I enjoyed having him. He was yeah. like one of those. And and of course, you know, anybody I think that works for him really speaks up for him. Yeah. And I think that's a true sign of someone that you know. Yeah. You want to have around, and of course, Scott Summers. Yeah, Scott Summers is coming back here. We're uh, we're building him up to go go up against Keith Lee. So Scott Summers picks up the uh, the victory here. So after this, there's a promo with JoJo Bravo, and. So I don't think this is where he has joined Nigel. I think we we did a promo for him to join Nigel, but Nigel and his group, the Taylor Boys, and Shire are with him. And this is the first promo where JoJo goes to to speak, and the crowd will not let him talk. Yeah, it and was he, man, it was brutal. And he attempts five or six times, and then finally just has to give the mic up because. It's not going to happen. Like no. they're not going to let him. He he is has so much heat at this point that they will not let him speak. And seeing as he gives up the mic, it becomes a trend from this point forward. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. He. I mean, it was just it was a combination of him kind of like beating Thomas Munoz around and kicking the little kid and and um. His his inclination to be overly verbose, uh, really really just ignited the hatred in the crowd. I think I and it, and it but it was a good it was a good kind of heat because it's something that you could use you yeah. could utilize it you know. I, I think sometimes too when you come from being such like just a white meat baby face yeah just so pure as a baby face you just know all the things to do reverse to just be the biggest fucking heel and I think this was kind of a. An example of that. Yeah. So, up oh, next. Nice. <laughs> so, we had seen the Teddy, uh, 
you know, kind of shine through at the last show. So this match was Shire and the Taylor boys, and they were taking on Sky, who was the unwanted orphan, Thomas Munoz, and one Teddy Hart, which this would be his third booking and complete. The circle of, uh, yeah. <laughs> complete what we're, uh, yeah, what we're required. Well, yeah, we, we're meeting our obligation here, and we we're very kind of like, you know, okay, we're done. Let's, you know. So Would this be the end of Teddy? Oh, time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. So, but uh, Thomas Shire, uh, the Taylors, Sky, and Thomas Munoz are all there at call time. Teddy Hart is not. Nope. Um, Teddy Hart is, is communicating with us and seems to be like two hours away. Mm-hmm. Right. And we basically go, look, this match is coming up now. And he asked if we can move it. And we're like, no. Right. So this is during the the Showtime match, <laughs> believe it or not, right? Yeah. And the JoJo promo, I think, is actually buying. Uh, it, it could be buying time, but I think I told him, "Hey, don't take much time." Because yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm like, "No, we. I don't want him showing up." And then and he, by the way, he is on the road with Brig. Is he? Yes. Oh, amazing. Yes, because yeah. Brig, 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 this. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not. It's not a proud moment. This, but yeah. this is when something kind of bad happens in Brig. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they are not here yet, and their match is up next. And we're basically like, dude, it's it's going on. I'm not moving you if you don't show up. That's it. You're not. You're not here. Yeah. Um. So Thomas Shire, the Taylors, uh, go out for the match. Sky and Thomas Munoz go out for the match. We announced that Teddy's not here. Yeah. So they go out. The match has not started yet, and Teddy comes in from the back. And he goes, has the match started? And I go, yep, they're already going. And Ricky Starks, that little fucking rascal, turns from the curtain and goes, nah, bro, they're waiting for you. And Teddy <laughs> runs through the apron and injects himself in the match. And I'm like, like he just gives me the biggest shitting gram. Like, you motherfucker oh, Starks. that Ricky Starks! So, um, this is a train wreck. Because, I mean, as we talked about last time, what's the difference if Teddy's just going to do whatever he wants anyway? Yeah. But, but Teddy goes out there. Shire kind of generals the match as much as he can. But it's not good. God bless Thomas Shire. I, yeah. I I I I owe him a fucking coconut hug, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot to be saddled with. I mean, you know, DG and Zach were very very uh, green yeah. at this point in time. Um, Munoz was green. Sky Sky's been around, but you know, it's Sky. You know, and then you got Teddy out there. This was just. This was just us kind of. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm not not a proud moment. Yeah. Not a proud moment. I think but. you yelled at him. Yes. I managered him. I gave him the I can this can never happen again. Yeah. Like right. This is the only time this will ever happen with well, we us. We were kind of done anyway. It can never happen again. Yeah. I was basically setting the plate yeah. for me to turn him down for bookings going forward. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> right. So this was sort of the the no. This will never happen again. Like you can't you can't do business this way. Um I kind of turn back the whole heart family name thing on him and be like, you need to represent yourself much better. Like this is bullshit. Yeah. 
Um, so. And at that point, I felt like since we had weathered so much shit with him, he should have treated us much better than he did. Yeah, because we had been through FBI calls <clears> and <throat> stood by him. And there were people that were not coming to our shows because Teddy Hart was yeah, on I them. I know, I know. I'm yeah. not a proud moment. Yeah. But, you know, it's. I think, I think it's easy to be critical, too, of what we were doing at that point in time in terms of uh, business when you don't have obligations, yeah. you, you know, to meet. And it was, you know... Going forward, I don't think there's very few people that I would trust with a three show obligation. Yeah. Going forward. Yeah. Like we were young. Um, Thomas Munoz was going to kind of slide into. Uh, no, Thomas Munoz was going to do something with Teddy. Yeah. But at this point, we had kind of soured on on Thomas as far as yes. following directions. I was this this was this was another case. He just yeah. he wouldn't listen. He wanted to be he wanted to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Thomas. He wanted yeah. to do a different character, and he wanted to, I don't know. He just he he was far more ambitious than his actual uh, skill set would allow him to be, and it was apparent every time he stepped into the ring. Yeah. So um, we have another athlete who is late to the show at this point. So me and Palmer uh, do a promo that because. Uh, now, I remember this. Palmer was not happy with the response to the, the promo before. I don't know if he wanted a 100% reaction or what. But me and Palmer basically do a promo where we turn them back baby. Yeah. So that I I basically... The, the line that I come up with is that I can't be bullied. And if this happens again, it's like one get-out-of-jail-free card because we had a fucked-up situation, right? <clears throat> if this happens again... What would happen in my mindset? I was like, okay, if I'm the commissioner of any sports league and this were to happen, what would happen next? And in, in, in reality, was there would be a lawsuit, right? Yeah, so that's the deal. Like, I just threaten them with a lawsuit, and um, which I can do because I'm uh, you know, I'm not a wrestler, yeah, I'm, I'm a yeah, 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 I'm a civilian, right? <clears throat> and you know, I put over how great they are and how people love to see their matches. Uh, I think I kind of, I kind of leave it open for Franco to be a heel because I, I kind of go dude you don't need Franco this is and this yeah because at this point we're not sure, we're not sure if Franco's gonna make this show we're not sure what we're gonna have to do right so Franco somehow makes it while I'm cutting this promo comes out <laughs> I have to kind of shift gears and now okay it's gonna be a tag match you guys are in tag cade right yeah so um they get the victory over the pump patrol here to basically it's a fine match it's yeah. fun yeah it's, it's it's actually one of my favorite pump matches yeah um it sends them on to uh they're on the road to the the tag game tournament yeah which is gonna that dynamic and history there is gonna come into play when we get to tag game mm-hmm. um so during this match uh palmer we we have to take a step back here. So putting this show together, um, we had the match with Athena and Franco scheduled, and we weren't able to do it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of derailed our creative for Athena. Mm-hmm. So we basically were taking this show off with Athena so that we could come come back with whatever we we're going to do for her last couple dates, right? Mm-hmm. So we really didn't have anything on this show for Athena. <laughs> 
and Palmer. Uh, which I think was fine, though. I mean, uh, you know, the response wasn't great to it, but still, it's like... Yeah. Well, so we don't really have anything for Athena creatively here, right? Because we're, we're going to take a show off, and then we're going to figure out the last couple of dates we have with her and do something big. Um, so Palmer hits us up and is like, well, what's Athena doing? And Palmer never, ever did business for Athena, ever. Didn't happen. But Palmer's like, what's Athena doing? And we're like, oh, we have her off. She has to be on the show. Well, what do you mean? Well, like, she should be on the show. Well, dude, no, we're going we're gonna to take the show off. And the, No, 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 like, you guys need to get her on. The, and he's like frantic, right? So in, in typical Buffalo Bills fan, Matthew Palmer, not the right man for the role. Uh, Palmer has planned to propose to Athena on this show. Yeah. And we have unknowingly not booked the very key component to this happening, which is <laughs> Athena being on the show. <clears throat> right. So he kind of, he's like, you guys can't fucking tell anybody, but please like just do this. And of course, like, yeah, we love him to death. So, and like, Oh dear, we have to put Athena on the car. Like, you know, like, so what ends up happening is, um, we were going to do a number one contenders match with Barbie and Kimberly for our belt. Uh, we add Athena in there and to make it up, I commit, and this is a commitment I was never able to, to, um, award because of other things that happen. Right. Uh, that I tell Barbie, Hey, I'll make sure you get your singles match down the road. Right. Yeah. So after this, uh, Palmer and Franco, uh, valeted by Athena match against the pumps, Palmer brings Athena in the ring and um, in a very personal moment you get a little bit of of them and Palmer proposes to to Athena in the middle of the ring and it's just it's it was a beautiful moment. really cool moment yeah that's I, wa- shared. I watched it from the uh, I watched it from the crow's nest the, yeah. uh, the projection room so I was watching it from the window and that was it was it was a really special great moment yeah it felt great and I felt honestly that was like one of those that was actually the moment where I felt like I felt like really that we had we were a family. Yeah. I because there was so, so much of a struggle to exist and have a right to exist with people who really started working at ACW. Yeah. And this was something that could have happened there and for Palmer to want to do this in our ring really made me feel great it, yeah. it was a really special thing to share and to host and it made me feel good that he wanted to do it there yeah so it, it was one of those moments that made us feel like we are a family you know it was yeah. it was it was a it was a really special personal moment so yeah absolutely, absolutely. More, more than just part of a show it wasn't just part of a show it was it was part of uh it was a great moment for yeah. our family it, it a part of their their life like a yeah. very big moment right oh yeah absolutely um, so, a fairly controversial match, at least behind the scenes. Um, up next is Angela Slane versus Keith Lee, and we've talked about a lot of, about how this has developed. But one of the moments that I remember about this is I, I remember this always being presented to me as something that Angelus and Keith wanted to do. That's right? the way it was always presented to me. In fact, I remember Keith always telling me. The crowd, the crowd wants this. The crowd yeah. wants this, and and him. I remember him telling me that you know he thought that this match could be great. Yeah. Um. 
So day of the show, he comes up to me and goes, well, how do you guys plan on doing this? And I'm kind of taken aback because to me, it's been presented as their little, their little project. So I figure that they have ideas, right? But the, uh, you know, the consensus from Keith seems to be that like, okay, you guys have painted me in this corner. How do you want me to get it done? Right. And I think my response is, well, you're going to wrestle and there's going to be a finish because I'm just going to fucking with them. Right. Yeah. But then, you know, it becomes very obvious to me that like he wants to know how he's going to be kept strong in this thing, you know. Um, and I don't remember if I gave him a 100 percent answer. I think I basically told him to figure it out. I know that he I, when I spoke to him about it, he seemed excited by the idea initially. But then I think that there were people telling him that this was an incredibly bad idea. Yeah. I know Ray Rowe was one of the guys that was telling him, this is a really stupid idea. Personally, I, I think that just because you tease something yeah. doesn't mean that, that, that you need to make it a reality. Yeah. No matter how, how enticing the idea is, sometimes a what if can just be a what if. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Marvel Comics did a whole goddamn <laughs> book about this shit yeah. that went on forever and ever and ever. So, yeah, I was... Um, <clears throat> I was uh, <clears throat> conflicted about this. Fans wanted it, but just yeah. because fans want something doesn't mean that you should always give them what they want. Yeah, they've never laced up a pair of boots. No, but beyond that, it's like sometimes sometimes you just kind of have to go with your intuition, yeah. and sometimes you do know best. And some, and I think yeah. that that's that's something that's going to come up later on in the show. You know, sometimes you've got to know when to say no. Yeah, and. and- this was awesome. This is again a moment we had. We had very brief moments that allowed this to yeah to grow. Right, you know the the other aspect of this is we had various moments where we could have nipped this in the bud, right? But you also had Stroud, kind of like the kid in the toy store, going, "I want it, I want it, I want it." Yeah, and I guess you know Angelus was gung ho, and Keith yeah. to me was gung ho, and so I was kind of like, "All right," you know. But ultimately, um, the way that also Stroud wanted to present it, I think, was highly problematic. Yeah. Angelus should not be competitive against the Keith Lee. He wanted like 50-50. Yes, he did. And that is not yeah. what should have happened. I it, mean, And that, that may have been Keith's issue, right? Yeah. Very unrealistic. Yeah. Um, a match can happen, but there still has to be some sort of uh, respect for physics. <laughs> physics, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it just... To me, the match was just, you know, it was fun. He got his bone, you know. Uh, but I was I was not a fan of the idea. It was just one of those things where I was just like, oh, I'm going to fucking roll with this. Yeah. Uh, so, Keith wins. Uh, Doom attacks after the match. And we, we really get into the business side of, of one of the better feuds that we have uh, going on in the women's division with Angelus and Doom. So, one that's still talked to this day. Yeah. So we have uh, the match after this is Mike Dell versus Moonshine Mantel and Alex Reigns. And it was originally Carson was supposed to be part of this match. Yeah, but, that's what we built too. Yeah, um, but had, had dropped out um, late into creative. So now the reason I'm going to speculate, but I'm 99% sure that this is the truth. Um, going back and looking at all things involved. I believe this is the weekend that Carson and Barbie split up. Yeah. Right. A wrestling power couple. Yeah. At that, up to that point, yeah. um, they were synonymous with one another. Yeah. In fact, if, for like the, the, the term that we worked together 
we always booked them in tandem because it was like Ken yeah. and Barbie. Yeah. You know? Um, and if you look at the placement of this show, we even have them in back-to-back matches so that they can leave after the second match, right? Yeah. Um, so Ray Rowe is able to come in and uh, be the partner for Scotty and Barrett. And this helps us because we had always wanted to do Dell and Rowe one-on-one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, you know, we have this uh, tornado tag match uh, between these two groups. Carson is not there for personal reasons. So we insert Ray Rowe. Um, obviously, that's not going to make anybody in the crowd unhappy. Yeah. And it made us happy because we love Ray. <clears throat> and uh, it also kind of, uh, it's, it's a smart move when you lose a, ta- a, a team member. You know, that's that's instrumental like Carson. You want to bring in somebody that's really gonna kind of fuck with your opponent, and of course we bring in they bring in Ray Rowe because of his history with Dell, and it's a great moment. We really play on our uh, our our moments with with Dell and, and Rowe previously. They have history, and of course this is something that we can use as a stepping stone down down the road because Dell and Ray never had that 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 title match. But um, this is a great. This was a great match. But uh, apparently, inside the ring, things did not go as well as they wanted it to. This was, yeah. I think, the night where a few people were like, "We don't like working with Scotty. Yeah. Uh, you need to do something about it about this, or we just don't want to be on the show." And it was an, it was basically like three or four people saying this, and it, you know, put me in a bad position. And of course, this was a point. In time where I didn't really feel like I could go to people and go, look, this is what's happening. This is this, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be as direct as I wanted to be today. If this had happened, I would have gotten everybody together. Yeah. And I would have been like, okay, look, I like you all, and I like what we're doing, and I think what we're doing is really good. But let's let's work this out instead of just chit chatting. Yeah. You know, I I would have been much more fatherly, I think. Yeah. And I I feel in the dark on some of this stuff. Yeah. I would. I think today we it would have been a big group thing. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of this stuff comes out in the wash on this show. Like, there were things that you were going through yeah. that you've talked about that I was, at the time, just totally oblivious to. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, for example, uh, Roe being very angry about uh, how Shane was presented. Yeah. For example. But, yeah. Um, so, I think... And we'll get to it, right? But I think we kind of have this, like, bonding moment that's coming up here where now all we have is each other, so we, we just have to tack everything together. Absolutely. Um, so we go into uh, Barbie versus Kimberly versus Athena. Um, we really enjoyed working with Kimber. So this is a number one contenders match. Um, and we put Kimberly over um, with the idea that we'll be able to bring her back and have a really good matchup with her and our second women's champion, Jessica James. Yeah. More on that story. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what's weird here is you have Athena, who is obviously um, emotional. You you have Barbie, who is extremely emotional, and I don't fully understand in the moment, but now obviously yeah. I do. Um, and like they they overcome it and have a great three way match. It's a beautiful match. Yeah. I, so, I really enjoyed it. But I and I mean like this is like cream yeah. of the crop. This is uh, this is the the upper echelon I think of uh, of women's talent here. Like. Yeah. It's, an, it's an insane collection of talented uh, wrestlers. Just, I mean, even though there was shit going on, yeah. they delivered. Yeah, and that's what I really want to highlight, right? Just the professionalism that 
I was concerned backstage because I'm like, I remember you being really Bar- concerned about Athena being. Yeah, a- shame on me, right? Yeah. Oh, like she's obviously going to be blindsided by this, and you know it is what it is. It's a moment, and then she goes out and like a fucking superstar performs like none other, and then Barbie's very emotional, and I don't understand why, right? And I'm like, fuck, the, the, this match is going to fall apart. Like, none of their heads are in it. And then they go out and fucking have a banger, right? Yeah. So, and that's wrestling sometimes, right? Yeah. But also, you're being human. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I, I try to be big brother, you know, fatherly from time to time, too. So, up next is a match that I think should have headlined the show. And, yes. I go back and I think about this a lot. Um, and the next... Three matches were poorly placed, and one match was very poor... Well, actually, two matches were very poorly designed. Um, but this match is fucking... It was it was great. Yeah. Um, it is a really good match. Steve, Steve Arino defending uh, the Junior Crown against Sammy Guevara uh, in a match where they basically get to finally really go at it one-on-one. Um, this is something that, that you know had been hinted at prior to Sammy's departure the first time. And so it was exciting to come back and really play up that history. And they have this great match. And, of course, Sammy goes over much to the utter heartbreak (laughs) of the crowd. They are are just leveled by this finish. And and it, it is punctuated, of course, by Sammy taking the J crown and smashing it. And just utterly burying the title and that of course is the end of the j crown essentially yeah. at this point in time um but yeah it, it kind of puts the title in limbo the crowd was really upset and honestly this should have been the end because there was just really no coming back no from this you mean we don't have any feel-good moment to bring them back oh we, we potentially <laughs> yeah. did but let's move on to yeah. this next pile of shit uh i fucking hated this uh and more so because it took part of our mythology and just shit all over and it and just shit all over it yeah um i'll say it yeah the, so this is an an inspired pro xx division title match with veda scott whom i adore and deserved much better Versus Lady Void, and Lady Void plays upon a character who was reoccurring and always played by a different person. Yeah. First, it was Mike Dell under the hood, and then there was uh, Matthew Palmer under the hood, Cheryl Ramones under the hood. Um, it was something that I wanted to continue to do, but the, the Lady Void uh, iteration kind of kind of killed it for me. Yeah. Ultimately, I, what I wanted to do was eventually create a stable of people who actually had played the Void and just called it Void. Um, but, you know, it just, you know, I get it. It's a cute idea. It's a cute joke. But it's like, yeah. oh, the girl version of Void, you know, yeah. it's, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to let you kind of like. It's lowest common denominator. You just, and it, Jessica's the, the guest referee here, which just, you know, is not the best use of Jess. No. Um do you explain this? Because it's a little convoluted. And so I... at this point, this was presented to me as Veda's idea, right? Um, so this is where I'm like, and I'm kind of pissed when I hear this, right? Because I'm like, we're flying her in and she's not going to work anybody or give anybody the rub. She's just going to do some bullshit with a student in a mask. 
You know? Yeah. Because that's basically what this was. It was an inept wrestler that she was... She was basically picking her opponent. We used the legalese and the fucking lawyer manager um, to get to where she could pick her opponent. And she's basically making a mockery of the title in front of Jessica, who has to be the referee. Yeah. That's the idea on paper. In practice, this was just... This bored the crowd. This was... um, It was really pathetic. Yeah. It was pathetic. Like, it it just... Yeah. It didn't have any steam, but also coming off that Guevara-Stevo match, the crowd... Really bad spot. Yeah, really bad spot. Um, so it came off like a fucking Divas cool-down match on a Raw, is exactly what it came off like. Yeah. Like, tell me it wasn't like the, the fucking, you it, know, 16-woman Diva it was, tag. It was the cool-down before the main event, which yeah. is not... It, was, it goes against the whole ethos of what we wanted for yeah. the women's stuff, too. So you go ahead, go ahead, and go ahead and tell these these fine people what the fuck happened. Oh, in this match, yeah, like yeah, Veda goes over clearly. Yeah, right, and I mean it's just it's just a mockery. It's and it's very clear. Uh, I think the story wasn't the story that like Veda had had kind of paid off, paid off, laid, laid void. Laid void is this yeah. like weird paper opponent. You yes, know? yeah, that was the idea. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. She had picked her own opponent and picked a student. Or someone that was inept to get a cheap victory, and then made Jessica had to count the the finish because she was contractually obligated to be the special referee. It's just a lot of fluff and BS. Yeah, and and below the quality of the three women involved. Yeah, if you ask me, um, and I'll put it out there: this is Laney Luck within her first like. I don't even think she graduated yet. No, right. She's just a student helping out on the show and gets put in the Lady Void outfit. And, you know, it, it, when you think about the fact that those three women, you know, you had those three women and this was what we came up with. This is what fucking happened. Like, um, oh, posh me. Like, Lainey wasn't quite there yet. No, not yeah. now. But, um, you know, when you when you there, think yeah. about what she became, like. It's it's interesting. It's a dis. It was a it was disappointing. So we come off this like heartbreak moment, go into this really boring <laughs> shit. Yeah. And this is where I get to go kind of off the rails. Okay. <laughs> so this was the show that made me basically go, no. If I make a call, you're gonna fucking listen to it, because when you let the prisoners run the asylum, the results are not necessarily going to be great. This is the last time that I let anybody say, well, you've never laced up a pair of boots. Because you know what, man? That shit, it doesn't fucking matter. Just because you lace up a pair of boots doesn't mean that you can fucking tell a story. And card placement, ultimately, that is the key to a successful show. And um, this, this... This decision coming up was one I was against from the moment that it was pitched to me. I thought it was fucking awful. It was a terrible, terrible idea. And the way Andy pitched it was like, well, it'll be like when, you know, Daniel Bryan dropped the title to Sheamus at WrestleMania. And it's like, that, oh, yeah, is, that not, was not good. That is not a moment, I even said, that is not a moment that made fans happy. And I think oftentimes workers, you know, Sometimes they want to be a little spiteful to the fans because they're that they think they know better than the fans. You know, this was not a moment where this worked. And the re- another reason why it, it didn't work was because they decided to work the ref. 
Dalton and Ricky, they come to me. And they go, yeah, we want to do this quick finish where basically the bell rings. <clears throat> Ricky hits Dalton with the angel wings. One, two, three. Title change. You know? We don't get the banger match or the banger rematch, actually, from their first encounter. It's just a very one, two, three, boom, into the show. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, they, they kind of pressured me into agreeing to this. They guaranteed it would be awesome. Problem is that they didn't really tell the ref to finish. They just said, just count one, two, three. If they basically told the ref what the fuck was going to happen, I think it would have gone smoother. But no, they had to work the fucking ref, you know? They should have fucking told the kid what was going to happen, you know? Anyway, they go out there. The bell rings. We get the angel wings. The ref hits the ground and starts to count, but stops short of three. Ricky screams at the ref. The ref counts again. But the moment has just fucking passed. Count the fucking finish. Count the fucking finish. And, of course, the celebration is not what they thought it would be. It is a very disorienting finish. It's very, it was very poorly executed. It was basically the end... It was like basically it was a main event match that shouldn't have main evented. Okay? This may have worked had they communicated shit to the ref, but also I think if you're going to do a title change like this, it's what you should open the show with. Yes, in hindsight. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, what should have happened is um, we should have opened with the feel-good moment, with the title change, with the one, two, three, and just had that just be this kickoff. Yeah. It would have made the crowd, it would have brought the crowd way the fuck up on their yeah. feet. And then we should have closed with Steve-O and Sammy breaking their hearts. That's yeah. the way it should have been done. But all in all, I don't think the quick finish was a good idea to begin with. I think that should have just been a legitimate match to follow up on Ricky and Andy. But yeah. nevertheless, we get to this, this fart in an elevator of a match where finally Ricky gets gets the belt and it doesn't feel... Yeah. So there were some other aspects, too, right? Oh, that yes. I think we need to cover, right? So, so Ricky, Ricky, at this point in time, too, like, I think, I think it had been... I think, I think it had been kind of uttered that we were going to be moving Ricky uh, into a title... Uh, into a title situation uh, to uh, certain other people. Because prior to this, Ricky uh, gained a title in ACW. So... When Ricky came to the ring to face Andy Dalton, he did so with an ACW championship belt around his waist. Two of them. Two, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah it was two. He had the hardcore title and the... Uh, yep. yeah. So we had this moment where, you know, I guess it's hard to kind of understand that we were always trying to walk our own path. We worked very hard all the while and never really trying to cause issues with the other company. And when Ricky walked to the ring, kicked our champ in the, you know, and then did the angel wings and, you know, beat him one, two, three, it really felt like he was putting over ACW. It really felt like he was spitting in our face. I was really upset by that because we didn't okay him to walk out with the ACW belts either. Yeah. It was just something that he, it was a flourish that he added at the last second 
without running it by us. Yeah. So it really felt like we were just getting kicked in the balls by this guy that we had invested a lot in and then we were really fond of. Yeah. So the other part and part that I agreed with the finish on was the caveat that, okay, as soon as it happens, I need, I need you to jump in the crowd and celebrate with the crowd. Right. Cause even if they're in shock from the finish, if you have that momentum of, Oh my God, now we're celebrating with the new champion. It draws you in. Right. Yeah. That didn't happen because the crowd they, was disoriented. Well, and he didn't jump in the, no. the crowd and celebrate because he wanted his photo op with all three belts. That that yeah. I, I you know what I actually hadn't even considered that. Yes. But also just the the uh, the level of excitement wasn't there. Yeah. The crowd the crowd was killed by the Guevara Steve-O match. Yeah. Then there was that awful uh, XXD match, and then that weird awkward finish that everybody thought was just what what was that you know so but i still believe that even with even with the crowd being dead from that if and this isn't going to save everything no but if you jump in the crowd you're at least going to get the people around you excited and then at least you can get that the uh, a shot of the people around you being excited instead it was you with all three belts and the entire crowd just going, what the, the fuck, fuck just happened? But still, even if he, I think if he had tried to jump into the crowd, it would have felt no. very forced because it's like jumping into a pool without water. Oh, it absolutely would have no, been forced. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think that the that being forced would have been better than just the eerie fucking silence, silence yeah. to it. Yeah. I was just, I was angry um, because I had let other people kind of wrestle control away from me. Uh, and at this point in time, I think this is when I I remember mopping up the hall at this point in time with Biss after the show ended, uh, and everybody kind of filed out, just kind of, eh, you know. Yeah. That was everybody's general general expression was, oh, it's nice that Ricky's champion, but uh, you know, people were disappointed that they didn't get a match. You know, they a main event a main event should deliver a match. Yeah. And. Um, I remember being with you and saying, never again. Never again will I let anybody tell me what they want to do. Never again will I just sit back and go, all right, well, we'll give it a shot. Never again will I listen to anything that goes against my own instincts. And I will always, always make sure that the card order makes the utmost sense. And I think at that point, too, I was also like, no more. Just no, like we... We need. We were. I think at this point we needed to figure out a way to make the exit of Stroud occur. I think this was yeah. when I was. I was really just like, man, there's a the, the 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 moment isn't there yet. It's coming up soon, but it could have been here though. You could have been here. It could have been here. But well, the smoking gun is coming, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, this was a show that I learned a lot from. I think if you're gonna, if you're gonna. If you're going to survive things like this, you got to walk away yeah. a little richer in the head. And I definitely think that we did, but like I felt I felt incredibly disrespected. I felt um I was I was just done with not being listened to or respected. I was just done. Like there were so many moments that I see as, as potentially succeeding that I'd had trampled. Um and at the end of the day, you know, we're left with the tab. So yeah. we ultimately are responsible. We have to pay the bills at the end of the night. So I can't just hand the keys over to the kids and go, 
run into that fucking light pole. <laughs> we'll fix it tomorrow because that's yeah. not the way it works. Man. And, and that's basically what we got to, right? Yeah. It was okay, like, no. If we're going to tank, we're going to tank on our own. Yeah, anyway. That's where we're at, and we will be back next week with another edition of Inspire Pro AD, and this one is going to be a banger. There's going to be a lot of crying, a lot of snotty beards, as we battle beyond the stars with Battle Wars 2. Be there or be lame. (laughs) 